Hey, God bless you guys, man. It's so good to have you here. Y'all can have a seat. Good morning, Faith Church. It's good to have you guys here in Florence, man. Can we welcome our Faith Church family in Lawrenceburg, our Faith Church family in Shoals, and everybody watching online? It's great to have you guys here, man. Welcome to Christmas at Faith. Can we give it up for our worship team, our production team? Well, we understand that this season is, is crazy and chaotic, and so we're thankful that you've taken just some time to lean in and maybe allow yourself to experience a fresh look at who Jesus is and a fresh understanding of what he accomplished for us, of really why we celebrate this season. And so open up your hearts and just allow God to speak to you. Can we recognize that you carry a lot of burdens and challenges? And so as we step into the message, man, I just want to pray. If you have something going on in your life, man, I just would encourage you just right here at this moment, man, that you just invite God into that situation. You invite God into that season and just ask him, man, to be your peace, to be your joy, to be your strength. I think you'll find out that he'll answer you in a really profound way. And so, Father, we're so grateful for the opportunity to celebrate what you've done for us, that you sent us a savior. And so, Lord, I pray that, God, we would all lean on you, that we would trust you. We cast all of our cares on you. Father, everything happening in our families and our finances, God, the turmoil in our hearts, the challenges we face, the struggles we're in, Lord, we lay them all down at your feet. And God, we pray for grace and strength that's only found in Jesus. And Lord, we receive it right now in Jesus' name. And everybody who agreed said amen. Come on, one more time. Let's honor the Lord. Well, here's what I found out probably like many of you that Christmas isn't the same as it used to be. Like, just like everything else, things evolve and things change. And I know for me, uh, you know, I've been around a little bit and certainly Christmas has changed over the years. Things are just a little bit different, not bad, not worse, not necessarily better, just different. Uh, I know one of the things that uh, is, a, is a common um, habit of people is around the Christmas season is watching maybe some familiar shows on TV. Here's the funny thing is, man, a lot of that has just changed. Television has changed around Christmas. Right now, the best you can get is the same Hallmark movie repackaged every year of the girl who works in the city and then goes home to the country for the holidays and realizes she should have never left because she left the guy she fell in love with. And I'm like, we've seen that story. When I was a kid, every, every Christmas season was the same. You'd find pretty much the same uh, holiday episodes. And I'm gonna be honest, I miss them. Christmas has changed. One of my favorites, all-time favorites, and you have to have a little bit of age on you to remember this, but the old stop animation show that happened every single season, Rudolph, the Red-Nosed Reindeer. Anybody remember the stop animation? Man, I miss it. Uh, some of the central characters of the Christmas story, Yukon Cornelius, the Abominable Snowman, the Island of Misfit Toys. If you don't know what I'm talking about, I feel bad for your childhood. Wasn't just Rudolph the Red-Nosed Reindeer, but one of my favorites watching every year that they don't really play like they used to is the Grinch. I don't mean the Jim Carrey Grinch. He doesn't count. And I don't even mean the Pixar, right? Pixar came out with uh, the Grinch a couple years ago. I mean the old school, the original OG Grinch animation. Anybody remember that? Man, I, I, it's just not the same. It's just not the same. Things have changed. It's not just that, but probably the one that I miss the most. I don't see it. Maybe it's still on from time to time. But you just can't do Christmas without a Charlie Brown Christmas. And if you don't recognize just the little gift, I mean, there's some dance moves here you guys can take notes on for your Christmas celebration. Right here, it's this score. You just heard this score, and you knew Christmas was upon you. Just soak that in. Just soak it in. I mean, just things have changed, and it's okay. 
It's just part of what we go through. Not only has television changed, but one of the things that have changed is the way we decorate. When, uh, when I was coming up, and even as a young adult, everybody had a real tree. It was part of the adventure. It was part of the holidays to go find your tree, to find a tree that didn't have a bald spot. If you got a bald spot, to hide it in the room and maneuver it the right way so it hit the bald spot. And then once you decorated the tree, it was always with the big, gaudy, hot light bulbs. And then the rest of your decorations were the decorations your kids made in first grade. Come on, those were real Christmas trees. Now everybody's Christmas tree looks like a department store Christmas tree. And I'm not saying that's a bad thing. It's just like department store Christmas trees belong in the department store. Things have just changed. You know, there was nothing like going to bed on maybe Christmas Eve after your live tree had sat there for a couple years or a couple weeks and gotten dry. And then you had those really hot bulbs and you would go to bed wondering if your house was gonna burn down in the middle of the night. Merry Christmas and peace on earth, right? Just things have changed. Not only has the way we decorate changed, the way we shop. It's just, it's just not the same. There was a time you would go to the mall. Man, the malls were packed. Now the mall's empty. 20% of our shopping is done online. It's okay. Again, it's just the way things change. But one thing that has not changed, and I don't anticipate will ever change, is that during the Christmas season and the holidays, we exchange gifts. And the reason I don't think that'll ever change is because Christmas is a celebration of giving. Let me say that again. Christmas is a celebration of giving. It was our Heavenly Father who initiated what is now our tradition of sharing gifts because he gave the first and greatest gift of all time, the Savior of the world, Emmanuel, God with us, Jesus, our Savior. Come on, somebody. It's found in this prophecy in the Old Testament. Before Jesus was born, God promised he would give this gift Isaiah chapter 9, verse 6. Some of you have maybe seen this verse on a Christmas card. For unto us a child is born, and unto us a son is given. That God gave us the greatest gift. I love it. Just the thought, think about this, that God gave us the present of his presence. I love that, don't you? God gave us the present of his presence, the greatest gift ever given. So again, this is a gift-giving season because God initiated it, God started it, and we follow in that tradition. But I don't know about you, but I love to give gifts. Anybody here love to give gifts? I know we love to receive gifts, but especially when you find, have you ever found when you, when you find the right gift, when you, when you stumble upon it or you hear about it or you find it and you think this gift is perfect, it's like exactly what they need. It's exact. they're gonna love it. And you buy it and you wrap it and you can't wait till the day comes. I've experienced this, probably many of you have. Lawrenceburg shows where you finally the day comes and you hand this person this perfect gift. And the first thing that happens, there's two things that just kind of, they just bother me. If I have the perfect gift is if they're distracted opening the gift. Like if they're talking and they're not really paying attention, I'm like, ignore those people. Pay attention to my incredible gift. You know, they're kind of peeling. I'm like taking their, taking their good old time. We got places to be. Speed it up, Skippy. <laughs> Distracted. But worse than that, and we've all been there in that moment where you find the perfect gift, wrap the perfect gift, and you hand it to the person. They open it, and you can see the look of disappointment on their face. You're like, no. And this kicks in, and we've all been there. Again, all of us have been there. Immediately, have you ever found yourself explaining a gift to somebody, like why they should be incredibly impressed with your gift? It's because the reason they're disappointed is they don't understand how magnificent this gift is. 
And so here's what I want you to hear. Here's where we're going to go for a little bit today is some gifts need an explanation before there can be true appreciation. Let me say that again. Some gifts need an explanation before there can be true appreciation. I remember several years ago, my wife and I, we bought uh, my parents, part of their Christmas present was we bought my, uh, my parents a ring doorbell. Okay, ring fans in the house. If you know what ring is, ring is just uh, allows you to set up cameras around your house and you know, that's creepy or whatever, safe. But a ring doorbell, it's just a doorbell, but when you ring it, some of you guys know this, it activates a camera, it records what's happening, allows you to see who's on your porch so you don't have to open your door. Let's go. And so, but I'll never forget, man, I thought my dad's gonna love this, my mom's gonna love this, it's gonna be so convenient, it's gonna be great. And I remember my dad peeling back the paper and seeing a doorbell. He didn't say it, but I could tell he was thinking, I already have a doorbell. So immediately I got in like explanation mode. No, dad, you, you have an old school doorbell. This is new school, new technology. And I started explaining what this thing could do. And for sure, once he found out the gift that I had given, there was a whole new level of appreciation. So again, sometimes there are some gifts that need an explanation before there can be true appreciation. At the heart of Christmas, at the heart of this movement, at the heart of our faith, is a verse that's probably common to many of us in this room, many of you in Shoals and in Lawrenceburg. It's this verse found in John three sixteen. I want us to read it together. For God so loved the world that he, he's the original giver, that God gave his only begotten son, that whoever believes in him should not perish, but have everlasting life. Now here it is again, this is the crux of Christianity. It is the center and the foundation of our faith. And what I have found is that just like other people, you and I, who give gifts, is sometimes people are distracted and miss the gift, right? I mean, think about all the things we have going on during this holiday season. We're trying to manage schedules. Where are we going to go? Who are we going to be with? Especially if you are from a divided family or a large family, trying to decide your schedule and the amount of time you're going to spend, balancing the weight of a budget, who to buy gifts for. I mean, it's just a lot. And in the middle of everything we're facing, what I have found is it's very easy to be distracted and miss the power of the present, to miss what it is that God gave. It's the same way we don't want people distracted by other things when we give them the perfect gift. Your heavenly father, my heavenly father, he wants us to have our absolute attention on this incredible gift that he's given us. And so I just would challenge you today to, I know you have a lot going on. I know that there, you, this is a busy season for everybody, but to allow yourself to not be distracted. But I think worse, maybe again, is I wonder how God feels. If it bothers me when people are disappointed at the gifts I give, I wonder how God feels when he's given his best and we're disappointed. Now, I think God probably like us is like, no, 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 you, you just don't get the gift. If you understood the gift, you would be absolutely losing your mind. If you understood how great this gift is that I've given you, in Emmanuel, God with us, in the greatest present ever given, it would change our perspective. And so I just thought maybe my mission this Christmas was to give you a little bit of explanation so there could be some true appreciation. That if we just understood in a different level, if we leaned in and saw it in a different way, if we walked out of this place with a new focus and with a new passion, how it would really change our lives to understand how incredible the gift of Jesus really is. Is there anybody already thankful for Jesus? If you are, come on, make some noise. 
in the house. Lawrence Bergen shows, come on, let's honor him. So let's give just a little bit of explanation of this gift we're celebrating today. In Luke chapter two is the first Christmas. Jesus, we gather from the scriptures, was probably born in the evening. And there's the first group of people that find out about his birth. In Luke chapter two, this group of people we find out are shepherds. They're out watching sheep in the middle of the night. They got the night, they got the third shift. They got the night shift. And so they're out watching these sheep and watch this. Luke chapter two, verse eight and verse nine. Now there were in the same country shepherds living out in the fields, keeping watch over their flock by night. And behold, an angel of the Lord stood before them and the glory of the Lord shone around them and they were greatly afraid. Well, I bet they were. If you're out in the middle of the night and there's no natural light source other than the stars and an angel shows up and an LED God light shines in your faith, I would be afraid too. And so these shepherds see this angel, experience this light, and they get in a little bit of panic mode. It's cool because I would too. But then listen to this. It says, then the angel said to them, do not be afraid for behold. Everybody shout behold. behold. We don't say behold anymore, but a better way to say it is look. I want you all to hear this. The very first thing this angel said is there's a lot going on right now. You got sheep to take care of, but I want you to look at something else. There's a lot going on here. There's an angel in front of you, but the angel's not the show. The wise men's not the show. Joseph's not the show. Mary's not the show. This, what's happening on this platform is not the show. Jesus is the center of attention. He's the center of the season. Look at Jesus. Don't be distracted and miss what this celebration is all about. Everybody shout, look, look. He goes on, he says this, here's what this angel came to tell him and wants them to see. Then the angel said to them, do not be afraid for behold, look, everybody say this together. I bring you good tidings of great joy, which will be to all people. Listen to the message just for a minute. Here's the message that should rock our world. He says, I've come to give you good tidings. Another way to say that is good news. Give you good news. And if you get the good news, it'll bring you great joy. And this good news is for who? All people. So what kind of news is it over here to my left at all of our camps at the left-hand side? What kind of news is it? It's good news. And if you get the good news, what happens? It brings you? And who's it for? Come on, on my right. Who's it for? Let's do that again. Everybody, let's get involved because it's a Christmas celebration. What kind of news is it? And what does it bring? And who's it for? I like that. Good news. That's going to bring great joy to all people. So now watch this. If this news isn't bringing you great joy, it's because you don't understand the good news. Let me say that again. If this news of Jesus, the center of the celebration story, if it's not bringing you great joy, it's because you don't understand the good news. And it's just easy to miss. It's easy to overlook. It's easy to take for granted. It's easy to slide into a Christian tradition just like every other package, man, we wrap everything up, we tie it with a bow, we unwrap it all in a minute, and then we just kind of sit and we forget about Christmas. And you and I, we can't afford to miss the greatest gift ever given, to miss who Jesus is and what he accomplished. So I just want to tell you today, man, again, if we will lean into the good news, it's going to be great joy. And who's it for? All people. Well, what is this incredible news? Here it is. This is the message of Christmas. Verse 11, he says this, this angel to these shepherds, for there is born to you this day 
in the city of David, a savior who is Christ the Lord. Now, this is the good news. This is the center. This is what it's all about. Is it 2,000 years ago, God sent us a savior. Now, I don't know if you know this or not, but if God sent us a savior, it's because he believes we need saved. Let me say that again. If God sent us a savior, it's because he believes we need You don't send a savior to somebody who doesn't need saved. Let me say this another way, make it real practical. Out of all of my uh, experiences with Christmas, you know, I've seen the good, the bad, and the ugly with Christmas, probably like many of you. I've seen lots of people open lots of gifts, and uh, I'll never forget one time as as a child, we would always open our gifts, me and my two brothers, we would open ours first. And then my parents would exchange whatever presents they bought for each other, they would open their presents. And I'll never forget this as long as I live. My mom brought this small little package to my dad and handed it to him and he started opening it up. And I'll never forget, he didn't say a word, but you could read it on his face that he was not happy with the gift that was given. You could see he was kind of, and it it turned into kind of a, a, you know, a little bit of a fight, a little bit of tension in the house. The reason was because my mom had bought my dad a nose hair Trimmer. Now, y'all pull in with me. If someone buys you a nose hair trimmer, it's because you got some nose hairs that need trim. Now, nobody else was bold enough to tell you that. You had a need that someone had the boldness to give you a gift that met the need. Now, God forbid that I'm comparing the greatest, the king of all kings to a nose hair trimmer. What I'm trying to get you to understand is God the Father saw our need in humanity. He saw your need, my need, our need, and he sent us the remedy for our sin and our struggle, and his name is Jesus, the Savior of the world. And I'll never forget, I think the reason my dad was offended is because he didn't like being told that something was out of order. And maybe for you today, maybe you're in church every Sunday, maybe this is your very first time here. And sometimes to hear we're a sinner is offensive because we don't like to believe we're bad people. Well, I'll give you just a pass for a half a second and say, okay, maybe you're not a bad person, but I think we can all understand that we're broken people. You may not be bad people, but we're broken people. And if you could have fixed yourself by now, you would have. Sin is really hard to see in the mirror. It's very easy to see in other people's lives. Sometimes sin is very hard to see when you're looking at one person. It's very easy to see when you look at this people planet that it's broken, it's war-torn, it's racist, it's hate-filled, we're struggling, we're starving. There's a lot of issues happening and at the center of that is the problem of sin. And when you get a little bit closer, again, you may say, I don't know if I'm really a sinner. We can all see the remnants of sin active in our life. It's dysfunction, it's addiction, it's grief. It's anxiety, it's addiction, it's disunity, it's heartache, it's guilt, it's shame. And so sin shows itself in all kinds of ways. And at the end of the day, we needed a solution. And God loves us enough and cares for us enough that he sent the solution in the savior of the world, Jesus. And that's why this is good news that should bring great joy to all people. All people. Jesus is the only true one-size-fits-all gift. Come on, somebody. 
We've all tried on some one-size-fits-all, and the one-size-fits-all that I have tried on was, was probably built for like a five-foot-four, 175-pound guy, which I am not. But Jesus is the Savior for all people, all people, non-church people and church people, white people and black people, rich people and poor people, educated people and uneducated people. It doesn't matter who you are for Muslim people and Christian people. Jesus came for all people. And if you've not opened up your heart to Jesus, you're missing the greatest gift ever given. And if you will open your heart and allow Jesus into your life and put your hope and faith in him, you will find out that he is the solution for your sin, your struggle, your brokenness, your hurt, your heartache, your division, and everything else we face, we can take it to him. And he is our answer. I wish somebody would make some noise for this incredible gift. So he goes on, he says this, watch this. He says, and this will be assigned to you. Again, he's still talking to these shepherds. This is so important. I don't want you to miss this. And this will be a sign to you. You will find a babe wrapped in swaddling clothes, lying in a manger. Now, this is kind of a really interesting verse. So get the scene with me. We don't know how many shepherds are here. We don't know how many sheep. I'm going to make a number up. Let's just say there's five shepherds and 100 sheep, 21 ratio. And these shepherds are doing what shepherds do. What do shepherds do? I have no idea. I've never been one. I imagine leading some sheep around beside still waters. They're making sure they have something to eat and they're making sure that they can lay down and sleep. They're keeping them safe, protecting them from prey. In the middle of this moment of serene silence, an angel shows up and then tells these shepherds, watch, good news, good news, there's a savior born. And then then the angel says this, this will be a sign for you. You will find a babe, baby, wrapped in cloth, lying in a manger. Now, if you've been in church for a while or maybe not in church, just reading Christmas cards over the year, I would say probably many of us have heard that verse. What what kind of sign is a baby laying in a feeding trough? That's what a manger is. What kind of sign is that? I'm glad you ask. See, many of us have been raised or in the tradition that a manger is made out of wood, right? Some of you may have one in your front yard or have a small one in your house, a little manger. Well, I don't know if you know this, but in first century, the Middle East, they were not made out of wood. They were made out of stone. And what they would do is, obviously, again, they were there to feed the animals. They would put the food in the feeding troughs so the animals could feed. But every now and then, the role of the shepherd was to raise sheep, and the primary purpose of the sheep they raised is they were a sacrifice for the sin of the nation of Israel. They would sacrifice a sheep on behalf of the sin. The sheep would die instead of the person. But they couldn't just give any kind of sheep to God. It was a requirement of the law that they were to look for a sheep without blemish, without harm, its hair, everything was perfect about it. And when they would find one born that was perfect, you know what they would do with it? Ask me, say what? They would wrap it in cloth and they would lay it in the stone manger to keep it safe and pristine. Shepherds knew that. So when the angel says, I'm sending you a savior and this will be your sign that you find the right one. A baby laying in a feeding trough, what does that mean? They knew that the sacrifice, the perfect sacrifices were wrapped in clothes and laid in mangers. And so when they saw Jesus, immediately based on their entire upbringing, the entire tradition, they knew that's the sacrifice for the sin of the world. Jesus Christ, the Savior. 
So it may not mean anything to you, and that's why I've come to tell you today, Lawrenceburg and Shoals and Florence and everybody online, it may not be a sign to you, but that's why I came to give you an explanation. So you'll have an appreciation of the greatest gift ever given. And when this news was released, it wasn't now just one angel, but an entire choir of angels. And suddenly, there was an angel, a multitude of heavenly hosts, praising God and saying, say it with me, glory to God in the highest and on earth, peace and goodwill toward men. I wish you would shout together, peace, peace. What do we need? Peace. What did Jesus come to bring? Peace, peace. There's three kinds of peace real quick. There's internal peace, external peace, and eternal peace. Did you know that? Internal peace. It's that peace in the middle of chaos that you can have calm. It's when you're in a storm, the storm doesn't get in you. And Jesus, his promise is that he's come to give us peace, an internal peace, peace that passes all understanding. When you're going through hell on earth because you have trust in a savior, you're going to make it because you have internal peace, external peace. God's working on that. And there is a time coming. Good news is Jesus didn't come once. He's coming back and he will establish forever peace in this world. But the primary reason he came wasn't internal peace and wasn't external peace. The primary reason Jesus came, the reason the Savior was given, the reason the sign was shown, was to give us eternal peace. You're just not going to be okay with God today and then maybe tomorrow, and hopefully if you do everything right next week, based on what Jesus has done for you, you can have eternal every day from now until the end of time, forever into eternity, eternal peace with God. Do you know why you need eternal peace? Maybe nobody's told you this because everybody you was raised with told you how great you were. The Bible tells us we're broken and we're sinners and our sin separates us from a holy God. You're not a friend of God. You're an enemy of God. I know we don't like to hear that, but that's what the word teaches us. There's nothing we can do to fix that broken relationship. That's why the Savior was given. And when you put your trust in the solution to the sin problem, into the solution of the separation problem, you step back into a perfect relationship with a God who loves you, who adores you, who celebrates you. He, come on, somebody. And it's forever. It's, for, it's eternal peace. Here's the way Paul said it. We'll close with this verse. Therefore, since we have been made right in God's sight, in all of our campuses, one more time together, what happened through Jesus? We were made right in God's you may not like me, but in God's sight, I've been made right with him. We have peace with God. We have peace with God because of what Jesus Christ, our Lord and Savior, has done for us. So what's the explanation for the gift? We're all broken. We're all separated. We all need a Savior. And God sent a Savior. He sent your solution. And if you'll lean in and you'll put your hope in him, his peace will come into your life. His peace will invade your relationship with God. And you can walk out of this place and you can live the rest of your life and the rest of your eternity the way you were designed to, the way you were created to, in perfect relationship with your God and find peace and joy that this world can never give you. And all you have to do to be made right in his sight is by faith in the greatest gift ever given. We pray with me? Father, we're so grateful, God, for this season to celebrate the gift of Jesus. God, I pray we wouldn't be distracted. God, I pray, Lord, everybody in this room, everybody in Shoals, everybody in, in Lawrenceburg that maybe is disappointed. That's not the gift we would ask for, but it's the gift we needed. And so, Lord, I pray we would put our hope and our trust in that gift. 
If you're here and you've never asked Jesus to forgive you, you've never put your hope in that gift, if you know you're not right in God's sight, you can walk out of this place knowing it. You can walk out of any of our campuses. You can click off of this feed knowing you're made right in God's sight by putting your faith in the gift, the sacrifice for our sin. And all you have to do where you are, you can pray a simple prayer and just say, Jesus, will you forgive me of my sin? I put all of my hope and trust in you. Thank you for coming to rescue me. Thank you for making me your child. Will you help me to follow you for the rest of my life? In Jesus' name, and everybody who agrees said amen.